0: This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube channels with the retricks and we're happy to have you on the program for the first time.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: So um, what we like to do on this program is we like to show people the artist as they're working, and so we have a YouTube video that we're going to queue up right now, and this is going to be... Um, your Prodigy, X, Rebuke, X, Fisher, X, Hector, Oaks, Rave, Mix, and we're going to play this either like uh, at least five minutes or the entirety of it, and then we'll come back. I'll put you on mute, and then we'll come back and do the the, the main interview. That's okay?
1: Yes. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm going to
0: put you on mute now, and then we'll cue this up. Why don't need no one, no no one, don't no one, no one, no one, no one, Don't no one, you no like need Stand for stop. stop. I do the shit stab for stab, I do not give a challenge, bitch. I'm and i here, but I'm you're right, I'm not town. You must sit, can This motherfucker, the ma. hell no. that what you all say, bitch. The walk is this, it's, I'm not I'm not sitting, it's, i to This is Pam Electric Ghost and we are back on the air with the re So hi, hi, are you still there?
1: Yes, I'm still here. Cool.
0: cool. So we just wanted to show um, what we like to do on this podcast. And we used to be just an audio podcast. Now we can actually show um, a musician's um, YouTube video. And so uh, the audience is able to actually hear and see the artists that we're talking to before we really get into the interview. So we like, we think that's a good thing to do um, because then they really, when we're talking about your music, we can, there's a reference point for the audience. So I think that's um, something we'd like to do. Um, So, so when, when you first got into music, like, that's the question we always ask people, how, how did you get into music and and DJing?
1: Um, Well, I always was like very interested in, uh, in music um since i was younger but um uh yeah and i always like wanted to make my own music and like djing but i didn't know what it really was mm-hmm. until i see some saw some people online how they like uh djing and um also like uh being on parties you know back in like 2018 and 2019 when things were possible to be at parties yeah like, always when the DJs uh, were playing on those parties, I always like, oh, uh, I always like think about myself, like if I was on a party, I would play this and I would play that. And that Mm -hmm. uh, was something that made me curious. Like, could I do it, you know, possibly? Could I possibly do it? And by the end of 2019, um, I just took the step to bought a small, to buy a a small DJ controller. And, um, yeah, um, I just start playing around. You st- so, it. you
0: started small. So, what was your first controller? What was the first one you got?
1: Uh, the DDJ 400.
0: So, now you've yeah. actually moved up, you've got a, a, a bigger one now, right?
1: Yeah, the DDJ 1000.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have to, um, did you have anybody that was like a mentor? Or did you just like watch online how to how to get into it like like a, like I'm I'm an electronic musician and when I was like 17, I went and got synthesizers because back then there weren't this like I'm in f- my 50s right so in 1978 I went and found a used synthesizer because okay. for electronic music back then you you go find like an 808 drum machine or a 909 or a TB03 in 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 a pawn shop or something and that's what we had we didn't, there was no internet. There was nothing. So all we could get was like a box or a synth or something and get a four track recorder and try to create stuff. Um, and I kind of was just watching MTV. I went, cause it was like MTV had just started and I would see like Duran Duran and see all these bands and I was like, Oh, I want to copy that. Right. So what, how did you get into it? Was it just like watching and seeing people at parties or on YouTube?
1: Well, first of all, respect to that, because, like, uh, I think uh, my generation and, like, the upcoming generation is just blessed with the fact that we have YouTube tutorials, too, to watch often, which is what I did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I started to um, to only, like, see how the controller actually works, because, like, there were so many buttons in the beginning, and you don't know what everything yeah. is. <laughs> what so, is it? yeah like that's that's what i uh started to do first like just to see what the like all these buttons like how do you like put in a song and then play it or stop it like that's all i wanted to know and all the effects and after i knew that like after like an hour with playing or two hours playing i just started to download a bunch of music and um then i just started playing and messing around and then i found out that it was so hard that i was like how how am i ever going to manage to to get this under control it, i i couldn't imagine myself being in a, like being good at it because it was so hard
0: yeah it's a complicated yeah. way it's, it's not like you know i'm a producer and um you know it's kind of like when you go to produce a song and you start to layer it mm-hmm. it's kind of like you guys are doing that like real time but when yeah. they're, like when you're when you're songwriting you, you don't have to worry about performing, right? So you're just yeah. layering stuff and you're checking it out, but you're not actually, nobody's watching you do that. Yes. But like when you're a DJ, you're like, you're you're putting the layering together like a producer, but you're doing it live. Yes. And so that, and then you've got to be able to do it so people want to hear it, <laughs> you know? So like so so when I'm doing stuff, I can do like experiments with all my gear back here, right? And nobody yeah. really has to hear it. Because I'm just writing a song. Um, So that must have took a while. Did you get anybody that helped you? Or you just found it all on YouTube?
1: No, I found it all on on YouTube. And all by myself. Just trying out and messing around. And uh, I watched uh, YouTube videos of DJ Ravine. Which is not Mm -hmm. like a very known DJ or something. But he has like 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, wow. He always like just messing around with DJing and when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's dope. I want to do that too. So I got inspired by him and uh, eventually I found another DJ, like later on when I already like figured all everything out, Uh, James Hype is his name Mm -hmm. and he really creates mashups live. with with the a, with the a, with a vocal and with a with a beat and with a melody, just on the place, without uh, playing a, um, yeah a pre saved mix already, and that mm-hmm. actually even inspired me more to like, make those mashups like actually live, like instead of just playing one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause then then you become like electronic music. Like I'm I'm an electronic musician because I'm a synthesis, right? Mm-hmm. So like again, I have all these like hardware synthesizers behind me, like moogs and rollins and stuff. And the beginning of electronic music is is actually taking a synth and and creating something new from that synth yeah and and in, in today with a lot of the controllers, they have access to uh, ability to actually do that Where you can like you, or you can warp the sample so much that it becomes like your own thing, right So you can take a sample or a clip. And you can run it through so many effects and run it backwards, forwards, and inside out so that you can actually do kind of what we do with our tape loop machines and our oscillators. What we do as synthesis, we take oscillator sounds, we take waveforms, we throw them through envelopes, and we throw them through uh, filters, and we throw them through sequencers, and we create like our own stuff from scratch. Yeah. Without taking anybody else's stuff, Um, and and so I see lately a lot of electronic musicians or DJs are starting to integrate like synthesizers. They're integrating like other types of like capabilities, so they're not just clipping songs. Um, So are you are you getting into that type of synthesis?
1: Uh, no, not really. (laughs) Not yet. No, not yet. (laughs) No. I am. um, uh, I actually started producing myself, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm just taking that one easy because producing is like ten thousand times harder than DJing. Yeah, yeah. I just really like if I would do something, I want to do really good. So instead of just uh, putting, um, you know, bad productions of myself online, I just gonna wait until I have something. Yeah, until I have something good and, like, more experience. And then I put everything out. But,
0: uh... So, with yeah. your beats, do you use, like, drum machines to build your beats? Or are you taking beats that you found?
1: I'm taking a beat from uh, from music that I found. Just, like, um... Just a, um, a beat from a techno song. Um, mm-hmm. By example, just put a loop on that. Like, an 8-beat loop. Just mm-hmm. loop that all the way. And then I just put the melody in. And then a the vocal. And then... I, I make this like this build up and then the drop hits with another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beat. So when you are learning how to do what well, you, you would say, what you do is EDM, right? Or would you say it's like something else? Well, how no, would you describe it?
1: It's actually tech house.
0: Tech house. So, so you're in a, you're in the genre of tech house. So a lot of people who see DJs just assume it's all EDM, but there are multiple genres within electronic music. So you're tech house mm-hmm. and, um. What drew drew you into Tech House? Is that where you kind of found yourself in Tech House or you like Tech House from the beginning?
1: Well, um at first I wasn't actually playing Tech House at all. Uh but like the guy I told you about, James Hype, he plays Tech House all the time. Mm-hmm. And also Fisher, like he's known of his world famous song Losing It, that is also Tech House. And like that genre just kinda took over um yeah, the scene, and that's why I was so interested because I, I really love the beat, and I um, also like with mixing, I could do also a lot with that genre. So, mm-hmm. um, like you can basically throw any genre on that. You can throw Beyonce on the Vienna, but also like Justin Bieber or like like old like old so, old. So it
0: it allows you to have like I think some some types of um electronic music are kind of narrow um yeah. so so you're saying tech house allows you to take in multiple types of tracks yes. that are not you know just pop music you could bring in something some rap or hip-hop or yes or, or soul song or an old song or something so you, you have more leeway and it's kind of yeah. like yeah it's like electronic musician what we like to talk a lot of us old school guys are like progressive which means I kind of come from like the Pink Floyd, Genesis, uh, Yes kind of thing, and the thing about those bands is they could do what they call key changes. They would do things that were kind of based on classical music, mixed with rock, mixed with jazz, which means that we could go and start a song in one key, switch to another key, switch to a different time, and have songs that are like eight, ten minutes long, and have all these different parts. And so a lot of us, like, synthesis from that time like that genre because it was wide open. Because you could could throw rock, you could throw blues, you could throw a classical, you could do all these things. So it sounds like Tech House allows you to do a similar thing.
1: Yes, it's very, uh, yeah, like like you said, you can do a lot of things with it. And that's why I like it so much because, um, you know, especially in clubs, they like... um, they like people like they, they they like DJs who can play a lot of genres at the same time. But like with techos, mm-hmm. you can actually play only techos, but like also bring out all the genres with it. And that's why I like it so much.
0: Yeah. So so before COVID, were you actually playing in the clubs in in Amsterdam? That's where you are, or are you just been doing everything live?
1: No, I um, didn't on even the sta- net. no, I didn't even start yet. Like, oh, so I-
0: you started right in the middle of COVID then.
1: No, I, like, I like I started before, uh, mm-hmm. before COVID, so by the end of 2019, and then I started to get serious in, like, around May, June 2022, and then we were all locked up, locked down.
0: Oh, so you've never been able to actually do a live performance, like, in, at a club, but you've been doing stuff online?
1: Yes. Unfortunately, no. But I hope so. Like that's like my number of wish right now to play in a club. Like in a club, yeah. I want to. So so, it, so
0: so is the Amsterdam scene? Do you they're still not allowing DJs to do anything live?
1: No, all the clubs are closed, and also they don't have live events. And if they have, they only want to like. I think they only invite invite like, you know, really big DJs with big names and stuff like okay. that.
0: So right. so it's still kind of limited because of the way COVID is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so one of the things that we've been doing is uh, we started to do uh, what we've been doing as an individual, as the ghost, is like Phantom like Electric Ghost. That's that's my brand, but we've been playing online live since like 2016, uh, and uh, we we um, we just do like from our home studio. We we do live shows, and we've got like multiple cameras, and we we've been doing that and we because of covid more and more bands have had to do that Uh, and but we had been doing that before that um and one of the things we did this year is we actually had a festival with like 22 guests from our podcast um and so what we did is on in july 16th through the 18th we had 22 bands that we interviewed since 2018 come on this channel and they did 30 minute live sets and that we sponsored and so we're, we're hoping we're actually planning on doing that again in November. So November 19th through the 21st, we're going to sponsor another, what we call, um, PEG bedroom producer festival. Nice. And what we had is people like, you know, I perform from my bedroom. Cause that's my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like you have, I have your setup in your house and it's like, whether it's in your bedroom or not, but it, it just, we think because of the way COVID is like musicians need a place to play.
1: Mm, and we say yes. since
0: we have this podcast and we have this audience, we found that okay, it's not that hard to actually get your gear to come through and actually run a show. And so we found um all kinds of cool things you do with OBS and virtual webcams and 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 your you know your interfaces and just linking them in. But we're hoping that that, that gives people an alternative because you know in the US it's the same thing. We can't there's some places you can go, you can go to Florida, you can go to New York, and but there's lots of controls. And like the bigger mm-hmm. bands are able to get through, like a band like the Foo Fighters. They're able to play a big show in New York because they had to go and make sure everybody had a vaccine, everybody got tested. It's harder for smaller bands to, to have the ability to do that. Because yes. we don't have the cash to like, well, how are we going to check everybody's got their vaccine card? You don't have the money to do that, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, 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 um, yeah, trying to do this like uh, here is, is is an alternative. So we're hoping maybe if you'd be interested in November, you could do a show f- with us.
1: That's that's on school, yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be, cool. so, that'd be cool. So, 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 when did you move from your smaller DJ rig to your bigger rig? When did you know that you needed to go to the bigger rig?
1: Um actually the only reason I moved um uh to the bigger one is because that controller like the DDJ 400 doesn't have a uh, mic support.
0: Oh, and, you wanted that.
1: Yeah, and I wanted that because um I wanted to start live streaming but also uh in May 2022 and June 2022 that's like when I upgraded. Um, the first video show, um, the first radio station ever uh, reached out to me and they wanted me to um, to be on a radio show. But they also oh, wanted to have... Yeah, talk. but they also... Yeah, they also wanted to have me... Uh, um, they also wanted to interview me. So they, they needed able to hear me.
0: Oh, and, and you didn't have a way to make that work without getting the yeah. upgrade.
1: And actually, that's the reason I... Uh, did an upgrade, but also I always wanted to have a four channel uh mixer, mm-hmm. um, because I can do way more with it. Uh, um, yeah, I
0: get more ca- so you can have more things yeah. running, and then you like so when you're doing your DJ stuff, you can have something like on your headphone, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not being heard yet, but then you can kind of bring it in because you've got all these channels, and you can like, yes, have something queued up, but not nobody's hearing it, and then bring yes. it in. Yeah, the same electronic musicians like myself. Like I've got like twenty-four channel mixers, (laughs) and uh, I have got all this stuff going on um, because like a lot of what we do in early electronic music, which I do, is like very layered stuff. I mean, I've got like you know twelve synthesizers running on twelve channels, and and they and they can bring them in and bring them out, like and so when I go to a club, I have like my own mixer. Like sitting next nice. to me compared to the sound guy, so I can actually control what he gets because <laughs> I'm a control freak. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, like, so, so it's like, so like, so when I go into the club, it's like the, the sound guy's got my mix, but I've got control over what he gets, so I control what he gets. And he's like, What are you sending me? It's like, I'm sending you what I want. To send you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's the thing about electronic music, I think it's cool. Because I used to be in bands. And what happened was like everybody, you know, got married or got a relationship and then they got out of the band. And I was like, what am I gonna do? And then yeah. I found out that I could actually do a one-man show with all my synthesizers, kind of like what you guys do with your DJ rigs. I found a way to do with sequencers and all these machines. And I yeah. can do it as like one person. It's kind of like what you guys do with the with your laptops and in the, the DJ stuff you can do that with the synthesizers. And I said, well, then I don't need the band anymore. Because I don't need my bass player, my drummer. They don't have to, I, I can use a drum machine. I can use a bass machine. I don't have you're to have happy. any guys show up.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. In one, uh in one bit. Like everything together.
0: Yeah, because then it's like you want to write a song. But then like in the old days, if you're in a band, right, you want to write a song, you got to wait for the bass player to show up. You got to wait for the singer to show up. And you're sitting around waiting and people start not showing up skipping practice or not taking it serious so then i think what's cool about like this type of electronic music is like okay if you are dedicated and you want to do the work there's nothing stopping you you don't got to wait for somebody to show up is that kind of like the appeal that whether why you didn't want to go into a band that you wanted to have more control of what you were doing yeah
1: uh sorry can you repeat that question
0: well, I guess the question is like, the, the, when you're a musician, like you could be in a band yeah. and, and that's how you write your music. You've got to depend on like a group of people, or you can be a solo artist, like, yeah. uh, or you can be a DJ, right? And so, to me, a solo artist and a DJ are kind of similar in that if you're a singer, songwriter, solo artist, you can kind of control everything you're doing, right? Because you're, pre- you're playing everything. There are some songwriters like Stevie Wonder, like, you play the drums, you play the bass you play the keyboards like Prince. Prince was like a one-man DJ. He would do the drums, he'd do the bass, he'd do the singing, he'd do everything, right? Yeah, that's so, crazy. So, yeah. so I think like, it seems like DJing allows you to do that kind of thing like Prince. You know, you're know, you able to do like everything. Yeah. Is that, is it, and does that appeal to you more than be, like being part of a group?
1: Yeah, way more. Uh, because like you, I'm also a control freak. Like I wanted everything to be perfect and um, I just like to be in control of everything and also um, of course like being an artist like playing a live instrument is of course different than being a DJ but like the way I DJ I try to be more than just someone that pushes play and like make and transition every three minutes you know what I'm saying so basically I also try to um, play my DJ controller as a instrument so i'm like uh playing with hot cues which are like different sounds or like vocals and basically like that it's kind of like in an indeed like a solo artist playing a instrument and yeah that's that's, why
0: i I think that's what appeals to me about um i've actually looked into getting like a roland controller because i'm like a roland guy right and i've and roland has a dj controller that i've been looking at for a long time Because it actually has their drum machine built into it, and then it has ability to get to Roland synthesizer sounds, right? That's cool. So, So, so their DJ controller, you can actually have an 808 and a 707 and a 727, 927. They're built in, and you can actually use like original sounds from the drum machine in your mix. And then on top of that, it's got access to their library of of synth sounds so then you can use the pads to actually control the synth sounds and actually do melodies with original sounds and so i that's said really that'd be a, a cool way to not have to take all my hardware sense with me because yeah, like when i do good. a show i have road cases and i have to set up like a band i have to do a sound check i have to set up all my stuff i gotta mm-hmm. get a van and so I have a overhead, right? So I said, well, if I got that controller, I just have to pick one thing. <laughs> and I could do my show where I still kind of playing everything live. And it's not sampled, but I actually could control it like a DJ. So I'm like, oh, I've been actually looking at that for a long time because, you know, that's the way things are. Because a lot of clubs, they don't want to take the time to have me set up like a band. Yeah. They want to have people pop you know come in with an sd card in their laptop yeah and, or, or
1: an usb stick and uh just yeah
0: plug into well it. i'm kind of from the old school like i said i've been playing since the 70s right so everywhere yeah. i used to play up until now you could go and set up like a band and i was in bands and we would set up like like a real four-piece band and we'd have to set the drummer up and mic the drummer and do all these things and i'm kind of used to that but i see the world is changing and so I, I better change with it. <laughs> but um, yeah. So how that that is a cool thing if you think about it, being able to actually just carry one thing, and go on the stage with your one thing, you know. Yeah. Or even like in some clubs, they already have the the DJ equipment. Is like everybody's using the same equipment, and you just come in yes. with your stick, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I think in the nowadays, like all you need is like a USB stick, and like all your music is on there. And uh yeah, that's actually nice that you don't have to like have like, your own thing yeah if it's... if I want to go play in a in a club, if that ever is that ever's gonna happen then yeah, um... but it's cool
0: also like after you're done, you could actually go in the crowd and listen to the show yeah. instead of being a like like me and my band we're like all like in the van trying to make sure people don't steer our equipment yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, that's, like sc- that's we kind can't scary. relax. Yeah, we can't relax because like we got like $20,000 worth of equipment and we like we can't leave it in the back alley because oh. somebody might grab it.
1: Wow, yeah, that's risky. That's really <laughs> yeah, risky.
0: As, as the, yeah, what's the old school way, of, you know, bands would have to bring their amps, mm-hmm. their, their all their stuff, and then they got to have the roadies. Like then you got to pay a roadie, right? So the way a band would usually handle it, like, you have your roadies with you and they stay in the van and then you can stay in the club. <laughs> Yeah. But, but that yeah. means you have to pay them to stay in the in, a, in the truck <laughs> so yeah, I that mean, so you got like all this extra expense that you guys don't have because you don't have to have a crew you know and that's no. that's, kind of, that's kind of cool um so are you thinking that in amsterdam is are you guys getting any indication that you will be able to have uh artists like yourselves play live anywhere yet or it's still like you don't know
1: well, the government uh, was actually open, like, in in July, they said, like, um, the clubs were open for, like, two weeks, but then... uh you had uh, a problem. You yeah, came back. the, the COVID, uh, like, the, 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 the infection starting... Uh, Going back up again. Yeah, yeah, like, skyrocketing up, like, again. So they uh, closed after two weeks, and then they said, like, okay, in the August of 13, we, we uh, want to see if everything is safe again. So, um, yeah, then August 13 comes around, and they say, um, yeah, it's it was actually going down, but, like, mm-hmm. because of the safety reasons, they are um, keeping the clubs closed till mid-November. So, yeah. Um,
0: yeah so there's still no place to play well that mm-hmm. that that kind of gives us an opportunity cuz we said we're going to do our show in november so in november 19th through the 21st we're going to we'll you can play on our show
1: <laughs> yeah that would be great
0: yeah so um yeah we're hoping you know in the future we we're, we're actually looking at a way to actually link facebook tickets like facebook you can do an event <clears throat> and you can actually have a ticket and you can charge a price for it we haven't done that yet we're actually going to experiment with some of the bands that were in our previous festival we have a couple bands from the uk that are going to attempt to see if their fans will buy a ticket for an online event so we're not giving everybody that option yet but we're experimenting with and these tickets only cost like 50 cents to five dollars right so they're not very expensive it's just a way it's just a way for the for a fan to show that they, they support the band, right? So if you've got bands that like you and we say, okay, well, if you like this band, you can, you can, can you spend a dollar to watch them for a half hour, an hour? And we think that that 50 cents to a dollar is, is a reasonable ticket price for an online event. And so, um, and so we're going to try that. And so in the future, we will be sponsoring individual acts through our platform to do shows. Where we can actually promote them on Facebook, have them ticketed through Facebook, and then have them actually come through this platform to actually do the show. So we're hoping that that in the future, because of this whole COVID problem, that we find a way for a band to actually get some on money for what they do. Yeah. So we're thinking that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It is.
0: Um, so we're gonna try that and see what happens. Um, Because, you know, a lot of things on the web, everybody likes everything for free and we understand Mm -hmm. that. But we we like they always tell people, like, if you like a musician, it's just like if you like a YouTuber, right? If you watch a YouTube gamer, you give them tips because you Mm -hmm. like them. So if you like a musician, we want to create a model that allows you to do that. So we think that we create a streaming model that allows you to do like a tip or a ticket like you do for a YouTuber. Then, then that would be a good way for musicians to finally monetize their money after all this Napster stuff, where people think music should be free, but musicians have to get paid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so we think um, going forward, uh, we're hoping that we'll have a lot of cool things like that, and we want to make sure that all the guests that come on the show are aware of it, and we'll, you know, bring you into it if you're into it. Yes. No, you said you're actually getting into producing. So, so the question is: Are are you actually working at, like on a future project that would be like a record that you would put out through like Spotify or iTunes or Title? Is that something? Is that what you're kind of forward looking to do?
1: Yes, I um I feel like uh, with DJing, I like like the skills. Um, I kind of like hitting a roof right now, and mm-hmm. that's why I want to like expand. Uh, Myself to actually Like produce songs or like uh, Edits from Existing songs and That's why I wanna Um Like produce songs but like Right now I'm like still learning the ropes Mm -hmm. And um Yeah I I don't wanna Put anything out until I think it's So you got
0: it So when you're talking about you wanna produce other people Or would you actually do your own singing
1: Um well, you got this um this um uh, tool it's got splice it's called splice and you get like focus of there, so probably I'll get it from there 'cause like I don't have any i like i'm I'm a student I still go to school mm-hmm. um I don't have any money to pay a uh a singer to song to sing on my record oh so
0: you get the free you get the the stuff that's out on splice and use that
1: yeah yes
0: that's but you're not you're not thinking of using your own voice for your songs you you I am not in that mode yet i
1: don't i don't think anyone wants that too to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i don't have the great uh i don't have the best singing voice
0: well that's interesting you know because for a long time i i was just a musician right and i just played in bands as a keyboardist and then i found that like well only way i'm ever going to get anybody to really listen to me is if i if i find a way to sing so i got into vocal synthesizers So I actually have what are called vocal transformers, which are the technology from Roland and it changes my voice. It allows me to change the pitch of my voice and the timbre of my voice. And I found a way that I could sing with these kind of vocal tools that make me, it's kind of similar to what you actors use. Like if an actor, Wants to do a cartoon and they want to change their voice, they use these transformers to change their voice to get into a character. If they can't do it, if they're an actor and they can't change their character with their own voice, they use these tools called transformers. And I've been, uh, that's how I got into doing the ghost because I created a female character called Josephine through my vocal transformer. It allowed me to change my voice into a female voice and i've actually met other artists or female artists that have actually changed their female voices into male voices and then used cool. those to actually be the, their their lead vocal so there it is possible that if you don't like use, your own yeah. voice you, you can use technology to create like a character that you could use in your song that is actually you but not you
1: yeah <laughs> but like i think if i ever want to make like a song and i i would never like put like full um like f- like lyrics in there just like something real quick like uh mm-hmm. let's go or something like uh, like this short words like short paragraphs or like it's not very singing but it's like yeah
0: it's more like what you come from you're like DJing you know yeah. like 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 cause you're you're looking at song structure not like a singer songwriter like I look to a guy like Bob Dylan I looked mm-hmm. at like guys like Prince and Michael Jackson. So I'm gonna actually try to construct like a song as a traditional song. Yeah. But if I, you're coming I... from, from a DJ perspective, you, you probably more like clips mm-hmm. and snips of things to kind of fit with the beat. So I, yes. I get what you're saying. It's a yes. different type of structure.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly what uh, what I would actually do. I mean 'cause like, um that's also like the music I uh like listen you to like, and like yeah, yeah, and like I want to produce something that I also really like. Cause like if I don't like to listen to it, then no one else is gonna wanting to listen to it. That's why. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like what the modern you know audience like to listen to these kind of beat focused songs that are not kind of like in the tradition of what I I come from. Like you know, listen to guys like Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix and full like songs you know that's kind of like where my head's at so if i'm gonna do something i'll try to do something that sounds like genesis or it sounds like yes or sounds like you know an old stevie wonder song or a funkadelic song and it's gonna have like lyrics and a melody and, and a hook and it's gonna have that whole structure um mm-hmm. but that's an older type of form you know and and there's the audiences that like that form and so i kind of pitch that audience but you're in a different zone with like. Yeah, probably a younger audience than my audience is most of the people that, that listen to me are probably like in their 40s. <laughs> um, so, so it's like your target audience is really more like the people who are your age, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Cause so, so that's so, so in, in the scene where you are, um, is the type of music you're doing, is that the most popular music or is there, is there still like heavy metal and rock bands and stuff or is it mostly all? like tech house or EDM and stuff like that. What, what's, what's popular in Amsterdam?
1: Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I.
0: More like what you like.
1: Yeah. I think more also like techno. Uh, that's also very like the friends, uh, and people I actually go, uh, I spend time with in my spare time. They also like techno. um, house when they're partying but like listening they just like actually old school like this like vinyls are like a thing right now that all everyone... people like the old vinyl yeah everyone listens to vinyls right now so um like by day they listen to like old school vinyls and like the genres you actually um just oh, like, rock, and like like
0: rock bands and it's like Pink Floyd and stuff like that.
1: Yes, and then by night they like to listen to techno or something. So it's like very diverse actually.
0: Well, it sounds kind of like like when I was growing up like, you know, I might listen to like Bruce Springsteen, but then I would you go to a club Studio 54, right? You listen to like disco. At that time, like when you went to the club, there was disco.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah. Like
0: 78 to like 82. Like I be I might be listening to Aerosmith or Led Zeppelin, like at home on vinyl, but if I went out to party, you were like you look like like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, go, you go to a dis disco was the was the popular like dance music at the time, and mm. and hip hop had just started, and so you might hear it's like Planet Rock, where you would hear like this early version of uh, you know Grandmaster Flash and like really early hip hop. So you would go to the club and it would be disco and very early hip hop stuff. People, DJs starting to create rap. They would actually go and start like doing vinyl and scratching and mixing like R&B songs with like a beat. And so that that was kind of like the popular music at the time for the club scene. So it's like interesting, like the club scene is like different sometimes than what you actually listen to, like on vinyl or on cassette or CD.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, my mom used to listen to uh, cassettes too, and I think she even um, like I'm from nineteen ninety seven, so I also got a little bit of cassettes too. But um, yeah, she's she had like this little basket of like uh, cassettes she, still she like. Pop them yeah. into a
0: Walkman. Like yeah. the big thing back in the day before the iPod, it was like I was so happy I had a Sony Walkman, and I could actually take my cassette, and that was the i that was like the iPod of the day. You you'd have yes. like a little bag, like a little bag you'd put on your shoulder, and you have all these cassettes, and mm-hmm. you'd have your Walkman, and you go out like you know skating or with your skateboard, and you'd have your Walkman on, and you'd be skateboarding with like listening to your tunes. It's kind of like what people do with their iPhone today. But um, it was limited. It's like we were happy. and we, oh, we had 10 songs, 10 albums with us, and that was a big deal. Because if you think about it, like when you had vinyl, you could only you had to listen to vinyl. Yeah. So having 10 cassettes on you was a big deal. It was like, oh, wow, I can listen to 10 different records. But now you guys can listen to like 10,000 different records. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. no, but we were, we were kind of limited in what we could pick. Uh, and so today it's, it's kind of cool with the streaming services that you can like listen to anything, but back in the day we'd like, we'd have to choose, but when we go outside it's like, what am I going to bring with me? And yeah. you'd kind of be limited in what you could actually listen to.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays that's different.
0: It's a totally different thing. But the one thing I would think, um, that I w- I just get into is, um, uh, like in the back in the day, when you listen to vinyl, you would have to listen to a whole record, right? So mm-hmm. if I listened to a record from like yes, I would listen to the front side, a side, and B side. But today, like because you've got all these playlists, sometimes you never get to really dive into an artist catalog right? So one thing I like to do is like I like to listen to an artist and I want to listen to like everything that they do. but today, I find. That a lot of people just know individual artists and they really don't dive deep into any one artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you find that because of the streaming that you don't actually listen to the full catalog of an artist or you just listen to like playlists? Or do you, no. uh,
1: I never actually listen to uh popular playlists, I always like go searching for music because. I like, I think every single DJ is always listening and searching for new music. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, I'm actually, I'm always less listening, trying to listen listen to full catalogs of artists that I like, but also like of brand new artists. So I'm actually, I'm actually doing that. But um, I'm also not very much, um, like I also don't often listen to mainstream music. Only Mm -hmm. when it's like super popular, but then it's like when I take the vocal of it and then try to mix it and then to make it like more interesting and to like um, basically um, give someone like give give people something that they already know, but like mix it with something change it, yeah, make it new. You take
0: something that's familiar and then make Mm -hmm. it new, which is like I think is like like the real talent of a DJ is to be able to get a hook. And then have like a remix version of the hook, yep. right? Right. That's kind of like what your goal is, is to maybe take a hook so you, you can bring people in with something that's familiar, but you have a different spin. So it's like a remix, you know, yes. yep. like a seven inch <laughs> that yeah. we like, like back in the day, like we, we when we, um, before all this, th- this happened that, like, people would do like a seven inch version of a popular song and it would be remixed. And you would go out and get that on vinyl or on a CD. Um, and it would be an alternate version of the song. And um, it would be done by a producer. And so the producer was kind of like the way DJs are. They would go and individual producers would go take a song and then redo it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of similar to what you guys do. Um, but it's interesting. Like you said, you like to listen to stuff that, that's not mainstream. That makes a lot of sense because kind of like if you think about hip hop, like a lot of hip hop artists, in order to create really cool songs, they go and they find like very, they go and they find songs that nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're going to go and be a producer like a Kanye West, or you're going to go be like Tyler, the creator, if you go find some obscure 1974 song, right, that has a really cool hook, but nobody knows it. And then you can actually clip that and then add stuff to it. And then you end up having a song that has this really good hook. Mm -hmm. But it's not a hook that everybody knows.
1: Yeah. And so are, like, so many songs are made like that. It's like Mm -hmm. when you... Yeah, I... uh... So many songs are made like that. Like, from the biggest artists to, to smaller artists, like... Uh, I don't know if you know the song Sejavupti or something. Mm-hmm. That's also a sample from a from a, from actually an 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 Indian Bollywood song from like back in the day. Yeah. Or uh, Britney Spears like "Toxic." That song also like that, like that's from from an old song Madonna "Hung Up."
0: Yeah, like I mean it's a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a producer trick, you know. It's, yeah. Like a lot, even if you go back in the day with the Beatles they would go back and like they would clone old blues songs right so they would take blues songs from like the delta mississippi usa right and and kind of rework them and then you take like a lead belly song or robert johnson these are old blues guys and then put this kind of uh european spin on it and then it made it a beatles song you Mm -hmm. know and kind of like the Rolling Stones do the same thing. The Rolling Stones would take like a, a really classic blues song from like middle of the South, like Louisiana, Mississippi, and then Mick Jagger and Keith Richards would like redo the lyrics, kind of modernize the lyrics, and then change the the, the guitar arrangements. But it's all rooted <clears throat> in older music. You think know, it's like there are a lot of things in music aren't new. A lot of times you take something. That is out there, so I like to tell people like you know people talk about how modern music like does clips and does samples, but I said every blues guy, every blues musician is taken from maybe like ten other ten uh, musicians <laughs> that create the form. The form of blues is kind of narrow. narrow it 's kind of narrow it 's a certain style to it, and so if you do it, you 're going to be kind of lifting from whoever came before you because that 's what it is. So it's like a lot of music genres is like you're gonna have certain elements that people have repeated, and that's just because that's the genre.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see someone uh, in the chat, Grab moosh think there's always instruments in music I've noticed. Yeah, that's true. In the yeah, chat. I mean, it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting of how you you can take like like different uh, elements, and you know you always have to have the bass elements to, to, to to deal with it. Like in the type of forms I'm talking about, it's always guitar, right? You know, Mm -hmm. guitar, bass, and drum. That's, that's the blues. You maybe you'll throw a keyboard on it. Maybe you throw a horn on it. Um, But like in modern music, you've got more than that. You can grab a sample. You can grab like a wave table. and You can take like a a recording of somebody smashing a, a bottle. Or somebody Mm -hmm. hitting a brick or somebody opening up a a, a book and then recording the sound of the pages, right? And then use that as your sound source. So there's all kinds of things you can do now that aren't necessarily like instruments. You can like sample noises or just sounds and then use those sounds to actually become like an instrument.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that something that you have, uh, looked into? Like, it's called, like, field recording? Like, this recording, like, random sounds and then throwing them in?
1: Um, not yet. Not yet. I'm, uh, I, I know some people that, um, um, that, that have done it before, and, like, sometimes when I hear a song, I can actually hear that. Uh, last I was listening to a song and there was, like, this glass, uh, was being shattered, shattered yeah yeah actually here that it was uh recorded um well, this is
0: co- it's interesting when you do that it adds color to your mix right like you can have mm-hmm. all this like you know traditional you grab the drum you got a bass you got a vocal but if you start like playing with effects like you know take the sound of the wind taking the sound of somebody opening a book and breaking the glass hitting a brick you know taking a stick and tapping it on a table and then you can find like rhythmic ways to use it or sound effect ways to use it to like fill in space or add like like what they call like shadow sounds. Like when you're a producer, sometimes if you have something really low in the mix and then you build up a bunch of tracks that have somebody doing something very, that you wouldn't really notice it. But eventually all these sounds that build up your sound so you could take all these kind of things that you wouldn't think would go together, but if you start to layer them, that actually builds up like a sound quality that if you have your headphones on and you listen to the track without those things, you're saying, wow. And then when you add the things in, it changes the nature of the track. So by adding all these different colors of sound, it's kind of like what people call sound painting. when you get into production you can like do all these additional things with sound that add to the mix Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: so i think like as you get to be a producer you're going to probably get more into it (laughs) yes but um yeah it's i think it's just interesting to uh you know deal with people in different genres i interview you know bands who are rock bands people who are djs people who are classical musicians it's it's interesting to have different um opinions on how how music should be created. Mm. So what what's your overall goal? Like you said you were like getting into production because you're seeing some limitations in 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 your genre. Have you thought of maybe doing something other than tech house to kind tech. of get into a different type of sound?
1: Um techno and techno? I And I also like uh, haul sometimes, just like and other type of beats. But right now I'm just like more focused on DJing and like producing. It's just like being in baby steps because like um, I'm also like um, yeah a student, and in two weeks I'm going to start my last year of um, software development and. that's gonna be final year and it's gonna be full of axioms and that's why i need to um, like i have to divide my intention of um yeah uh, the time i have uh, spending music uh, every single week Uh, so uh producing i have to do baby steps because
0: yeah you got you got a day job you're you're a student yeah like yeah well a lot of us musicians we end up having (laughs) i'm a programmer myself i'm already i've been one for like 25 years so yeah, and like so I I spend 45 50 hours a week doing my day job and then my passion yeah. is to do music. And so I, I understand where you're coming from cuz as a student you're probably doing like 50 60 hours whatever you got to do to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um it. yeah, um but yeah, it's, it, I think it's it's cool what you're going into because like like um software development <clears throat> actually is pretty <clears throat> lucrative. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that means you can afford your, your, your toys <laughs> yeah. when you're a musician, like if you're a musician and you have a day job and you have like your day job is like you're, you're like in a pizza restaurant or you're a delivery person, or you're, 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 you're doing something like that, right. Or you're driving a truck. It's mm-hmm. different when you're doing software, um, and stuff. Cause you, then you have enough extra cash to buy, you know, to feed your, your music dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty cool. And I've been doing that for like the last 20 years. Um, it allowed me to, you know, get the synthesizers and the equipment I have uh yeah. and, and still be in the game. And and the thing is like electronic music, it kinda and computers are kind of all tied together. You know, there's a whole history of like all these synthesizers are like computers. Well, pretty much they are computers. And like your your DJ equipment is kind of computerized too. So it's like taking like what we do in our day job and find a way to be creative with it
1: <laughs> yeah well i think eventually i i mean if djing goes really well in producing i want to do that full-time but like in the meantime it's gonna go be a software developer um but yeah i still need to figure out uh what direction i want to go with that like right now i want to be a front-end developer because like that's what i like the most but like being a back-end developer is also very very important and um yeah i think both sides are very important but like front-end developer it's for now easier for me than yeah but, uh, i'm more so- of a back-end
0: i'm more of a like yeah. I'm, i i come from like a mainframe COBOL background Oh <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of old people thought all those systems were going away, but all the banks and insurance companies still use them. So so I still get work all the time. Um, because people thought the mainframe was gone, but it's not. It's still there and yeah. it's still working and then we still have to do stuff on it. <laughs> but um yeah, that that I digress. But um I think what's interesting though is like, you know, the all the equipment we use is very computerized today. Everybody that's like in the music, you know, if they're using Ableton Live or they're using Pro Tools or they're using Splice or they're using any of these things, they're all using like computer algorithms. They're all using computer technology to be able to be creative. Um which I think is like it's i think it's an added benefit if you have some software development skills because then you understand workflow. So then mm-hmm. I think if you go into something like Ableton Live or Pro Tools or you go into Splice, I think you have a, a mindset that when you go into it that make make you maybe look at it in a way that's a little different than somebody that doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Do you find it helps you, you know, in your music to know kind of software stuff?
1: Uh, not really. Cause like, um, it's like, I don't... Yeah, I just, I use the uh, programs just as a regular user and like, I haven't um, put my software development glasses on and like... Oh, you yeah, haven't tried to like, to, like re- rework it or yeah. like re- no, recode I, it or... I, I, I'm not that good. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, still learning like both. like. Yeah, software yeah.
0: Development well, I guess the, I, think, I, I think it will give you a tool set that will maybe make you in the future, like look at something and say, Hey, maybe I could do that better. And so that I think that's, what's the cool thing about is like having that mindset is like you can look at something and say, well, what happens if you actually did this, Mm -hmm. what happens if you did that? Right. I think it it gives you the ability to kind of maybe question the existing capability and then say, well, what happens if I actually did this and differently, you know, what, if I, what if I added this tool, or I did this or I took this away or added that. Um, I think that that's what that kind of thinking just the thinking of doing software development can help you in the future, uh, maybe kind of come up with some cool stuff. Well, I think, uh, we've, we hit our hour mark and, um, we like enjoyed having you on the show and we hope that, that you, um, Take advantage of the fact that we're going to try to do that that live show in november and get in touch with us and if you want to do that if you're not too busy with your schoolwork, mm-hmm. um we'll have you do a show
1: cool sounds dope thank you so much for having me
0: thank you very much everybody go out and uh, click the link that we have out there for uh, the Retrix youtube channel where you can't click it but retype it and um, go check out her youtube channel um, we do have all the links <clears throat> that she gave us on this episode So they will be clickable. So if you go into this episode, when you see it on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, there's a bunch of hyperlinks we've added. Uh, Please click those links and support Retrix and uh, listen to her music. Remember to favorite her channel and subscribe to her channel and uh, like everything you like because that helps when you're an artist. If people actually hit the subscribe button, hit the like buttons, Make sure you do that everywhere that she listens. You can listen to her on SoundCloud. Do the same thing anywhere that her music is. And thank you again for being on the show.
1: Yes, thank you so much.